Father, thank you that we have that beautiful truth to think about. That yes, you died and you were buried, but you rose and you justified us. And one day we will be with you forever. I pray that that is the focal point of our lives. That as we think about even the Christmas season, that that overwhelms our heart to know that, that this is the beginning of a story that, that changed our world and changed eternity. Lord, thank you for loving us so much. I pray that you'd give us insight into your word today. Thank you for loving us again. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been in Galatians for a few weeks now. Um, this is the last sermon in that series, following along with the book that we've been, we've been doing. And the title is Sowing and Reaping. It's kind of the, the culmination of all that we've been talking about. The last couple of weeks in particular, you know, we took a long time building up a foundation. What is the gospel? What does it mean? What does it represent? What does it change? The last couple of weeks, we've tried to put it into a framework, understanding how the gospel affects your character first, individually, the things that you do, the things that you relate to our world with, those developmental qualities that you are working on as you spend time with God. And as your character develops and deepens, then your relationships change as well. That God gives you opportunities to employ the character that you've been developing. Whether it be patience through a, a, a hard time in life. Whether it be coming alongside of someone else, right, that we talked about last week. Someone whose load seems to be too heavy for them and the burden you can help lighten for them a little bit. You can't remove what they're going through, but you can come alongside and, and help with that burden. And today, the sowing and reaping is to put it all into perspective of eternity. That really the Gospel, yes, changed our world, and, and we're going to celebrate the birth of a child here in December that, that then in April we'll look at his death as the time when our world pivoted, that He literally separated time for us. I know I use that example a lot, folks, but, but you have to understand that literally every day is numbered according to Jesus' life. That's where we're at. No one in our world could, could go about their business without figuring that out. What are you going to do with Jesus today? And that's really what the Gospel is all about. Understanding what you are going to do with Jesus. As you develop your character and your relationships, then you get to the, to the place where you start to live a Gospel life. Pastor Don, I think, is actually out speaking at another church this morning, and I'm going to steal a quote from him that I use. Hey, there he is. I thought you were at Armagh today. <laughs> Next Sunday. <laughs> That's great. It takes a lifetime to grow a life. 
He said that to me one time, and it is just stuck. Because we get caught up, right, in the idea that one day we'll figure out what we were supposed to do and we'll do it, then we get to just coast. When this hard time is over, then it'll all be okay, right? It takes a lifetime to grow a life. Keeping it in perspective. The idea that really what we are to focus on is time after this world. <laughs> that we get to think about that. That we don't have to focus on getting as much out of this life as we can because then it's over. <laughs> That's not the hope and the perspective that, that the Word of God, that the Son of God that God our Father wants us to have. As we develop our gospel character and increase that, that relational ability that He gives us in that way, then we as a group get to think about eternity together. That one day, we'll get to spend eternity with each other in the presence of God. That's the hope that gets you through the day. That's the hope that, that makes this time of year what it is. That's the reality of God in our world. So as we look at Galatians to finish it out, and I'm not even going to go all the way to the end of the book because there's so much in these first four verses or so, we have to again deal with the foundational piece of the Gospel. What are you doing with it in your life, right? He lays it out very plainly. Paul says in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, and whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. It's a foundational piece for us to understand the Gospel in that way. That God will not be mocked. Paul uses this illustration in other places as he talks about the fruit of the Spirit. What, what you are sowing, what you are throwing out there is what you will grow. That's a principle found all around us. It's the way it works. And to put it in context of our relationship with God, one day our fruit will be revealed. That's what happens. In Philippians, Paul puts it this way, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And the point is that whether you believe in Him as Lord and Savior or whether you are going to be judged by Him, you will bow. Every knee. And at that moment, He will not be mocked. He will not be deceived. 
Because He will know exactly what you've done with the Gospel. How you have let it take root in your heart. The care you have given to it. The fruit that it has borne out in your life. That's what He's talking about. It doesn't mean that at the end of your life someone will stand up and say all the good things that you did for humanity. (laughs) This is talking about eternal life. This is talking about what's in your heart. This is understanding what you have really done with the Gospel. For me... Ephesians also says that that there are given to churches those that are going to be pastors and teachers and shepherds and, and that my job, what I get to do, is to prepare you for the work of ministry. It's not that you hire me, it's a misnomer that they call me the minister. All right? I'm just going to lay it out there. It's just not true. We all are. I get to be in front of you to talk through the Word of God. I get to do it on a full-time basis because of your generosity, because your care for me. My job then in turn is to equip you with the tools necessary to be ministers to our world. So this sowing and reaping is for you as much as it is for me. What you do with the Word of God. Because that's what we talk about every Sunday, right? I'm not not making stuff up on my own or writing new chapters (laughs) of what I think God wants you to hear. I'm simply taking what it is that other men and God have passed on to me, and I am passing it on to you. And what you do with the gospel is incredibly important. That's why we spent so much time. It is literally the foundation of your life. Because your life is not just that which is here in this world, right? It's eternal. You were created eternally. A lot of people want to say, okay, I I maybe don't understand eternal life, but when the end of the world comes and I haven't got it, I'll be done, right? No. We have been created eternally, and if you read the totality of Scripture, you will either be eternally in hell or eternally with Jesus. You are eternal beings. That's the piece that you have to understand. And that God, then when, then when you understand that piece, that you are eternal, that you were in His mind's eye from the beginning to the end, and He created a way for you to be with Him, that makes more sense when you read John 3.16. That God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. That whosoever, right? You know it. And the end result? Eternal life. 
when you understand that you will eternally exist and what you do with the Gospel will determine that, it makes a lot more sense why Paul spent so much time talking to the Galatians explaining to them, listen, it has nothing to do with following the rules. It has everything to do with what do you do with Jesus? How do you implement Jesus into your character, into your relationships, and how will that bear out then in the fruit that you display? Because God knows. It's a pretty stern warning that God will not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. No matter what you think you're pulling over God's eyes, (laughs) He will see. Paul is trying to make sure those in Galatia understand that if you follow the way of these Judaizers, the people that are trying to get you to do all of the outward manifestations of following Jesus, be circumcised, follow the the feasts and all the stuff, that won't get you any closer to eternity. And he had to be so clear with them why we have to be clear today as well. Because there are a lot of good things that we can be doing, right? We've talked about it inside of our gospel character. Are we doing a lot of good things? Are we spending our time focused on so many good things that we are not doing the best thing? We're doing the good things because those are the things that people see a lot of times, right? The good things are making sure we volunteer and we do the things, and those are, those are outflows of the best things. Remember, if we're pursuing the best things of our character, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, if we're pursuing those things in our hearts, then the outflow will be good relationships with people. If we're pursuing those things as a matter of a lifestyle, then we have impact. Because we're first and foremost pursuing the best things. The Gospel. Working it out in our own hearts and minds and sharing it with each other. You might read this and say, well, that just means we've got to share the Gospel with as many people as possible. And that's, that's true too. Because we want them to have the opportunity to escape destruction. Right? If they continue to grow up and the only thing they've got to draw from is their flesh, because they've not been introduced to Jesus who brings about the Spirit in our lives, then the only well they've got to go from is the flesh. And they're going to continue to sow to their flesh. And eternally they will be destroyed. So yes, we are to be about sharing the Gospel, but we also have to to work it out in our own hearts. We have to focus on eternal life in our own way each day. 
I love Paul that he lays out this really strong warning and foundation, drawing in the entire gospel and, and all of what Galatians has said. And then, he, and then he leaves us with these last couple verses. For me, I didn't go any further because this has so much in it. Because he knows that what he is telling us is difficult. He's lived it, right? If you read the story of Paul, you understand that when he was in one camp, a Pharisee, a religious leader in the Jewish religion, everybody took care of him. He had no worries, no concerns. When he chose to follow Jesus, all of a sudden, everywhere he goes to preach the Word, he's getting beaten and shipwrecked and left for dead. His life dramatically changed. He knows what it means to get weary. And he's speaking out of the overflow of his experiences. He has been to Galatia. He has talked to the people. He said, focus on the Gospel. Then he wrote them a letter and said, hey, focus on the Gospel. It's no trouble for me to write these things to you again, he says over and over in the letters to the churches, because they need to refocus on the Gospel. And in verse 10 of chapter 6, They need to learn what it means to faithfully live out the Gospel. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who who belong to the family of believers. The first thing I wrote down is, don't give up. Don't give up. Don't decide that it's too hard. Paul understands exactly what he is saying here. Do not grow weary from doing good. It's hard. It can be incredibly thankless. Do not give up. Don't allow the Gospel to be so changed in your heart from weariness that you just give Understand that this life is a vapor. Eternity is much, much, much longer. I love to hike. Got a chance to go to Yosemite National Park. It's about four and a half miles up to the top of Nevada Falls. And it's 2,000 or more elevation change, feet in elevation change. 
So it's basically a staircase four and a half miles into the sky. You can see it part way up. You can be right beside the falls. You can enjoy it. You can take it in. And you could turn around and go back down halfway up. There's a place that you can do that. My son's smiling at me because he's like, yeah, I thought we were. They cannot take the picture away from my mind from the top. To be there and to see the valley from an entirely different perspective. To not give up. To keep climbing to keep working, to not grow weary of doing good. To know that in the end, there is something worth working for. And that's just one small illustration of what eternity might be like. Don't give up. For at the proper time you will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We will have the opportunity to see the Gospel come to fruition. That eternal life will be what we reap. Right? That's what the Gospel says. That those who sow to the Spirit will then by the Spirit reap eternal life. So all of your life you are growing and taking care of and stewarding eternal life. That's what we're doing. You can't get weary of doing good at the proper time when it's time and Jesus says it's time to come home then you will reap eternal life. It will be there waiting for you as you have understood the Gospel. And therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. This one is something we talk about a lot. As we have opportunity, those people that God brings across our path. The phrase that we use, right? That I use, maybe you get tired of hearing it, but I'll use it again. This is what we get to do. That as we go through the course of life, and we are trying to keep in step with the Spirit as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, that we're trying to keep up with Him, He has prepared good works in advance for us to do. That we get to follow Him. As we see people cross our paths, we open our eyes because God allows us to see more clearly. We get to help people. We get to do good to all people as we have the opportunity. And that's all of us. 
That's what it means to continue to not grow weary in doing good, to sow into the Spirit. All of those things are just simply pay attention and do good to those who cross your path. Take the opportunity, take the inconvenience, take the whatever, (laughs) and make it an opportunity. You are not there by accident. It's not a coincidence. It is a good work prepared in advance for you to do. If you hear of a way in which you can help out someone, if we had an opportunity this past week to illustrate this. You guys heard about what we were trying to do. We were going to do about 100 turkey meals, right? I think we ended up with 125 Thanksgiving meals packed. Little styrofoam boxes full of turkey meals to be given to the community. 125 meals went out. They were all gone in 45 minutes. They were off to be delivered. Somebody had already done some legwork ahead of time. They had paid attention to what was going on around them. They had listened. They had sought out the opportunities. All we had to do was deliver them. Take an opportunity to do good to the people that come across your path. Continue to sow into the Spirit. Take those times that you have to do good. It's not easy. Wednesday at 3 o'clock, the day before Thanksgiving, is not convenient for anyone. But it's good. And we had the opportunity. That's what we get to do. It changes your mindset if you allow it to. What really stops you from living a life focused on the Gospel? And how important is that, really? Don't give up. As you have opportunity, do good to those who cross your path. And then he says, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Folks, we have a care ministry on purpose. Because we have a lot of opportunities to reach out to people just right here in this room at times. Those that come into contact with us inside of these walls or that we are attached to by friendships, by other ways. You may see it as 
something silly that we do. We get to take some meals to people who have just had babies. We put a little gift bag together with some gift cards for some families that just had their first child so so they have no pressure on them where they're going to eat or what they're going to do. We do that because the Bible tells us to. It's plain and simple. We're trying to take care of the ones who belong to the family of believers. And all of us can get engaged in stuff like that. The socks that just got passed around. I mean, it sounds crazy for us to think that that they don't have socks? Why are we giving them socks? But that is what we have heard routinely that they want and they need. It's just a fact that we take for granted. that yet we can so easily do good to those who cross our path. To simply take the moments in time that God gives to you and to think about other people instead of yourself. It's the most difficult thing that you will hear today. To sow to the Spirit and not to the flesh. To not allow the inconvenience of my schedule to overwhelm the nudging of the Holy Spirit to do what is right. (laughs) It's the battle that we will engage in every day in this life. (laughs) That's why it's talked about so much in Scripture. Because it's a reality. The family of believers I take very seriously too. I've said it since I came to western Pennsylvania. I lived in in Breezewood, grew up there, then went to, to Winona Lake where I was in college and there were a lot of transplants there and things. Then I came back and I realized that if you could harness the power of family in western Pennsylvania inside of the church, we would be unstoppable. Because the power of the family in western Pennsylvania is still alive and well. It's not as much in other parts of the country. It's just a fact. What you understand to be true of your nuclear families and your extended families and the celebrations that you have and the birthday parties that you do and all of those things, that doesn't exist everywhere. Just understand that. I'm also going to say that sometimes our families and those demands can get in the way of doing what God wants you to do. And I know that sounds almost heretical. But there are times when we place maybe doing something for a family relationship over top of what we know God may want us to be doing. 
And the family of believers is important as well. Those that are trying to help sow into the Spirit, those that are working alongside of you for the Gospel's sake, to understand that it's not easy. Foundationally standing on the Gospel and faithfully living out the Gospel. That's really what we're about. That's what I want us to do. If you look at some of the things that we are preparing to to roll out and really clean up in our language for the next year, I want our vision, what we focus on, to be to clearly demonstrate by our lives the belief that everything we have is from Him, what we get to do is through Him, and all of the glory is to Him. That we would, as a family of believers, focus on that together. That in our hearts we would actually believe That what I have is as a result of God's grace. That what I get to do is because of His strength and that I get to be a voice and a mouthpiece for His glory. That's what I want us as a family of believers to be about. And how we want to plan on doing that? We want to pursue Jesus by making disciples that are reconciled to God because that's the Gospel first. We've got to pursue Jesus ourselves. We've got to make disciples of others that are already in a right relationship with God and then put them into a growing relationship inside of a spiritual community. And we're all growing together. Through the use of Sunday morning celebrations, small group connections, and service for the community. Make no mistake that why we do things, we do on purpose. That we meet together on Sunday morning to celebrate together what God has done from Sunday to Sunday. To enjoy His grace together in totality as a body. And then we're released to get to know more about Him, to spend time with each other in a small group setting, to really connect with one another. That's what small groups are all about. And then these opportunities that we have to do good to others. It's service for the community. We want to be known for the community. That people can rely on us to take care of some of the needs that come across our plate. All of these things fit together. That as we are developing our gospel character, forging gospel relationships between the Creator and us and others who are among the family of believers, that we would spur one another on to love and good deeds. That we would not grow weary from doing good together. That we would take the opportunities that God has placed in our laps and engage them. That we would do that together and we would support one another in that venture.
the opportunity we have to celebrate together at the end of the month for the Christmas Eve service is just one example. We've got a lot of really great relationships happening inside of our community right now. We've been given a tremendous amount of opportunities to do good to people. I'm just asking for everyone to think about how they might want to get involved. To think about what it might mean as a change of your lifestyle, your schedule, to engage in something that God has already prepared in advance for you to do. That we don't have to come up with all kinds of crazy stuff and new ideas and bold things to do. God's already out there doing it if we're listening. And we're willing to come alongside Him. So I'm going to pray for you today and I want you to think this week, what is it that as I develop my character and these relationships that are formulating in my life, what is going to be the outflow of that? How am I going to faithfully live out the Gospel in my own life? Now that I really understand it, that I've focused on it, that I want to sow into the Spirit, how can I continue to sow good things into the Spirit and do good to people that come across my path? Father, thank You for Your Word. Father, I pray that You would continue to direct us, guide us. Lord, that we would be united first and foremost. It's not easy to do this alone, and I know that that is why You have used the imagery of the body to link us all together, to make us stronger and better and more united for Your purposes. Lord, I pray that You would continue to, to grow the Gospel in our hearts. That as we come across people in our everyday lives, we would take a moment to do good. That we would love on those people that You place in our lives. Father, thank You for that. In Jesus' name, Amen.